You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremenges, and I'm coming back at you here with another episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome to your Thursday episode of the Locked On Rams pod. We're going to take a little bit of a different direction with today's episode. And I think this one's going to get the listeners, the fans, a little bit extra juice because we've been talking about the draft nonstop since, you know, two or three weeks now. And deservedly so. It's the most important part of the offseason probably. But the NFL has officially released their 2021 schedule. And on top of that, we're going to take a look, obviously, at the schedule. Look at some of the interesting road trips. The primetime games that the Rams have on this schedule. Who they're playing, when. And, you know, we're going to actually share a win and loss prediction in the second segment. And then in the final segment, I also want to update you guys with some number changes from some of the players on the roster because there were a bunch of different changes. So we're going to dive into all of that good stuff. And we are going to begin with the schedule first, because let's be honest here, this is by far the most important part, I would say, of this episode. And it's something that's going to be fun for fans to start to plan to you know which games they're actually going to attend and all that good stuff. Now, the Rams are going to begin week one, kick off week one on Sunday night football at SoFi Stadium against the Chicago Bears. They played the Bears last year on Monday night football, another primetime game, and they obviously won that game by a pretty decisive margin. That was quite a dominating performance. This is going to be fun though. Sunday night football, SoFi Stadium is finally going to be open to fans. It's going to be all eyes on you know this new well, not necessarily new stadium, but new to fans, finally getting to actually go and watch a game live. It's going to be sort of like a grand opening for the second time of SoFi, so that's going to be awesome. And also a decent game there, you know, with a pretty good opponent, but someone that's not necessarily a super powerhouse. Now, going into week two, the Rams are traveling to Indianapolis to play the Colts at 1 p.m. Eastern. Week three, they are playing at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is a 425 game Eastern Week four, another home game against the Arizona Cardinals. Once again, 4.05 afternoon game. Week five, traveling to the Seattle Seahawks. That is a Thursday night game. Obviously going to be a nighttime one. Week six, at the New York Giants. Once again, on the road. That is a 1 p.m. game, Eastern. Again, these times are all Eastern, just for the record, because I am in the Eastern time zone. I know probably a lot of you guys aren't, so there might be some confusion there. But just so you guys know, that's what I'm referencing. Week seven. Jared Goff, the Rams are playing against the Detroit Lions at home. That is a 4.05 p.m. game in afternooner. Week 8, Houston Texans traveling to Houston. An early game at 1 p.m. That's an interesting one. Probably don't want to chalk it up as a free W, but, I mean, the Rams should win that game by a pretty big margin. Week 9, Tennessee Titans. That is a night game. I want to say that's going to be either a Monday night game or potentially a Sunday night game. I'm pulling up my calendar as I'm looking at it right now. And that is actually on. So the Rams also have another Sunday nighter in week nine. That's great. Week 10, first game against the San Francisco 49ers on the road. Monday night game. Very interesting. Another primetime game for the Rams. Week 11 bye. You like to see that. Obviously a nice scheduled bye for the Rams. Kind of right near midseason. So, you know, very good timing there. Not too early, not too late. 
And then we can kind of speed this up. Week 12, going to the Green Bay Packers. Week 13, staying at home to play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week 14, traveling to Arizona to play the Cardinals for the second time. Monday night game. Week 15, second game against Seattle. That is going to be at home at SoFi. Week 16, the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Minnesota. Week 17, traveling to Baltimore to play the Ravens. And week 18, to finish out the season, playing at home against the San Francisco 49ers for the second time. And that is your schedule for the 2021 NFL season for the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, the games that are in primetime are always the most exciting. They got a bunch of primetime games here. I want to say two Sunday night games, a Thursday night game, and two Monday night games. That's five primetime games that I can count off the top of my head here really quickly. I might be wrong on that. Either five or six primetime games. So the Rams are going to have more than enough eyes on them during the season. It's going to be fun to watch. Got a decent amount of afternoon games specifically in that second half of the schedule, week 12 through week 18. I believe only one game is at that early window in that 1 p.m. range against the Minnesota Vikings. That's week 16. And then one more on Monday night against the Cardinals. Other than that, every other game is going to be in that 425 p.m. window. Again, Eastern time all the way weeks 12 through 18. So quite a lot of afternoon games there. The first part of the schedule, a little bit more varied. They got some Sunday night stuff. They got a Thursday night game, a couple of you know early window games, some afternoon games, even a Monday nighter, a few divisional games. They play the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the 49ers each once prior to their week 11 bye. So pretty decent schedule for the Rams. I think everything has kind of been laid out fairly. You know, there's no big, you know, discernible issues here with the Rams. There's not really probably not too much traveling. You know, I'm not American, so it's kind of difficult for me to kind of remember where all these places are on the American map, to be quite honest with you. So that's always a little bit different for me. Um, But no real bad timing, I would say. No super tough stretches. Obviously, there's a couple of games in there that could be tough depending on, you know, how rosters and things like that shake out. The Rams could be playing Tennessee one week, the San Francisco 49ers the next week on Monday Night Football, a bye week, and then having to go to Green Bay. And if they do have Aaron Rodgers, that could be seen as one of the tougher parts of their schedule. And obviously, you know, the latter half of their schedule as well, weeks 14 through 18, you've got the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Ravens, and then the 49ers once again. So once again, another relatively tough stretch there, but You know, that's typically how the NFL likes to do it these days. They like to make things a little bit more intense in terms of the playoff race. And they always now end games with divisional rivals, which is going to be a fun battle. Most people do expect the Rams and the 49ers and the betting markets do kind of align with this line of thinking here is that most people do think those teams are the favorite in the NFC West right now. And to get a game that's going to be decided potentially in week 18 that could decide the NFC West winner or you know have legitimate playoff implications in terms of the seeding between the Rams and the Niners. Well, you can't really ask for much more. Obviously, huge rivals as well. I know Niners fans do not like the Rams and Rams fans do not like the Niners. So that's going to be a very fun way to finish it off. And this is a little bit different and a little bit weird because there are 17 games. It's going to take some getting used to for all of us, I think. And, you know, now it's going to be a little bit weird for me to actually share my win and loss prediction because I'm just not used to looking at 17 game schedules. But 
We are going to take a look in the next segment at this schedule and break down the win-loss predictions. I'm going to go week by week and then share my overall thoughts on just how I think the Rams will perform in 2021. And while we've got you, make sure to check back in with us tomorrow on the mailbag episode for the Locked on Rams podcast. Shoot over some questions for me. I'm going to answer them all for you guys on tomorrow's episode. Folks, are you having any car troubles? Do you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't start? Well, you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. Rock Auto is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. That's right, you heard me correctly, 20 years, that's two decades. We know there's no better time than right now to support family-owned businesses with the whole strange COVID stuff that's going on in our world. If you are a do-it-yourselfer or you're just a professional that's looking for reliably low prices, you should check out Rock Auto. Just go to their website and check out all their available parts. If your car needs it, there's a good chance that they have it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. Welcome back to the second segment of this special NFL schedule release Thursday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. And I did tease before the break that we are going to take a look week by week, break down what I think the Rams are going to do in terms of their wins and losses, and then kind of sum it up and just take a look at how the Rams, I guess, based on my prediction, are going to look in this season now. Week one, Chicago Bears. I think the Rams are going to be able to start this season on a win. Sunday night football, you got to usher in SoFi Stadium the proper way. I got them going 1-0 in week one. Now, week two, traveling to Indianapolis. I think the Rams should be able to go 2-0. That's obviously a good start now. Going to week three, a tough game at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to chalk this one up as a loss for now. Brings the Rams to 2-1, and one, and that takes us into week four. Against the Arizona Cardinals, the Rams are at home, and... Funny enough, Sean McVay has not lost to the Arizona Cardinals yet in his career. I want to say he's 6-0 against them. So let's continue that streak. Bump that up to 7-0. Takes the Rams to 3-1 on the season. Now, week five, another divisional game. The Seattle Seahawks Thursday night. That's a quick turnaround. I'm going to give them, you know, I'm going to split hairs. I think they lose this game and this one's on the road. So, you know, win one game against the Seahawks, lose one. I'm going to say the road one they lose. And it's also a quick turnaround on the Thursday night game. So, Brings the Rams to 3-2 and two in the season. Now, week six, traveling to New York to play the Giants. That seems like a decided win to me. That's 4-2. and two, Takes them to week seven. Detroit Lions, Jared Goff coming to town. 5-2 and two in my opinion. And then Houston Texans in week eight, traveling to Houston. That is an absolute cupcake stretch of games over that course of three weeks there. I think the Rams are going to be able to win that game as well. And that would take them to 6-2 and two on the season. Things start to get a little bit more difficult at this point in time. Week 9 against the Tennessee Titans at home. I'll give the Tennessee Titans this one. Brings the Rams down to 6-3. and three. Now, Week 10, traveling to San Fran, 6-3. and three. This one's a Monday nighter. I'm going to say the Rams win this one. Bumps them up to 7-3 and three going into their bye week. you got to love that. It's obviously a very good place to be. Now, coming out of the bye week, Week 12, going to Green Bay. And this one's so hard to predict. I mean... Is Aaron Rodgers going to be the quarterback or not? Because that is going to 100% sway the decision that I make here. If if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, I give it to the Green Bay Packers. If he's not, I think the Rams are going to win this game. So we'll operate under the impression that Aaron Rodgers will somehow return and he will be their quarterback. And so I'll chalk this one up as an L for the Rams. Knocks them down to 7-4. and four. Looking pretty good at this point in the season. Week 13, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the Rams win this game. Bumps them up to 8-4. and four. Now, Arizona Cardinals for the second time. 
This is going to be a little bit risky, but I think Sean McVay can continue that undefeated streak against these guys, knocks them up to 8-0, and knocks the Rams up to 9-4 and on the schedule, on the season. You'd love to see it with only four games remaining. 9-4 and is exactly where you want to be. Second game against the Seattle Seahawks. I gave the Rams an L the first game against the Seahawks. I said they would split with them. So this one is going to be a win. That's 10-4 and on the season. Takes them into their final three games of the year. You got the Minnesota Vikings in week 16. I think they lose this game. Again, this one's just chalking it up to something random. 10 and 4, the Rams are at right now. That's pretty good. This one will bring them down to 10 and 5. Still a very good record, obviously. Now, the last two games Baltimore Ravens, week 17. I'm going to give them an L in this one. Very good team, the Ravens are, obviously. If we recall the last time the Rams and the Ravens played, I want to say it was a Monday night game, it was a primetime game. Can't remember exactly what day it was on, but they played in the Coliseum. It was an ugly, ugly game for the Rams, and the Ravens did a very good job at beating the Rams down. I can't even recall what the score was, but that was probably like a 30-point win and one of the worst losses that I've ever recalled over the course of Sean McVay's regime as the head coach. So I believe that takes this record down to 10-6, and brings us to the final game of the season against the San Francisco 49ers. And I do think they are going to split with the 49ers likely. And so I'll give the Rams a strong ending to the season, a nice win. And that does take them to 11 and six, very weird record. You know, I just don't even feel right saying that 11 and six. I mean, it should be 10 and six or 11 and five, kind of weird, but We'll go with 11 and 6. I think that's probably right in range with what I expect from the Rams this season. Obviously, it's super early. It's very hard to predict right now. I mean, it's May. It's not, you know, they haven't even had OTAs yet. They haven't even had training camp. Injuries are obviously going to play a huge role in terms of how these teams can compete next season. So, got the record down as 11 and 6 right now, looking at the schedule. Every single season, there's always surprises, there's always upsets. Nobody thought the Rams would lose to the New York Jets last season, myself included, and somehow they found a way to do that. So very, very upsetting, obviously, for a lot of Rams fans that game was. And it kind of just goes to show you that, you know, this is an exercise in futility. It's very hard to guess. And at the end of the day, the closer we get to these games, the more that, you know, things change and things shift. And ultimately, health is going to be a huge dictator of which of these teams is going to be the best, the most productive, and so forth. And so I got the Rams finishing 11-6 and six right now. Wouldn't be surprised if they do manage to bump that up to like a 12-5 and five record. I think that's right in range with what I'm expecting this season. I think, you know, depending on how the ball bounces, because anything can change in any game with the flick of a finger. And, you know, they call one play or one foul a different way, and it could ultimately completely change the outcome of the game. We know that the NFL is obviously a very, very competitive league. And so I think the floor for the Rams this season, you know, pending the health of Matthew Stafford and all the important players, obviously Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, I think the floor is probably right around, you know, 10 and seven. I think that would be considered like not necessarily a successful or unsuccessful season, but it'd probably be a little bit more on the disappointing side being 10 and seven. I think that's probably their floor, whereas the ceiling is probably around you know, 13 and four, maybe something like that. I think it gives them a little bit of breathing room being able to drop four games while they're still transitioning to a new quarterback in Matthew Stafford, gelling on that new offensive line because, you know, Austin Blythe is going to be gone. Someone else is going to have to do the line calls, probably Austin Corbett sliding over to center. So a little bit of gelling that needs to be done. Raheem Morris is obviously the new D coordinator. It's going to be a lot of change for the Rams. 
I think that four loss ceiling affords them enough time to, you know, gel and potentially have some hiccups along the way and still find their way into a really good spot in the NFC standings. And so I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere between that 10 and 7, 13 and 4 mark. I ultimately ended up with 11 and 6. Wouldn't be surprised if it's 12 and 5. I think it's going to be somewhere in between those two records. And ultimately, you know, the Rams look to be one of the best teams in the NFC. That's probably why it's fair to expect such a high expectation out of these team and out of this coaching staff and Sean McVay. I think they've more than proven that they can field competitive teams, competitive rosters, and they're going to get the most out of the guys that they have. And ultimately, I think the Rams are going to be able to make the playoffs again. And I do think that they have a very good shot and should be the favorite to win the NFC West as it stands. And with that being said, that wraps up my prediction series. I got it as 11 and 6 for now. But like I said, wouldn't be surprised if it does land in anywhere in that range between 10 and 7 and 13 and 5. And it's so weird saying either of those records because I'm just not used to it. But we're going to dive into the final segment right after the break. And we're going to talk about all the number changes as well as the rookie numbers coming in. While we've got you, make sure to check back tomorrow for the Mailbag Friday episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's BetOnline.ag. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, when and where will the A's move? That's the question of the day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Thursday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I am your host, Sosa Cremendez, and we're going to dive into the final fan type of episode here. And I feel like this one is dedicated to the fans because, you know, we're taking a step back from all the personnel the draft stuff and all the players on the field and X's and O's and all that good stuff. And I love that stuff. And we cover that stuff extensively here. And I think that's what kind of separates us. But a lot of the intrigue here when it comes to the whole LA brand, the Rams and all that good stuff and the fandom aspect of things is fans love the uniforms. They love the schedules. They love number changes. And we got plenty of them. The NFL has obviously passed a new rule where Certain skill positions are now allowed to wear numbers in these single digits and linebackers are allowed to do the same and safeties and secondary members. And there's a bunch of different changes. It's honestly even hard to remember all of them, but the Rams, a lot of their players have decided to change their numbers. And I guess we can go through them here. And the very first one is wide receiver, Robert Woods. And if you are a USC Trojans fan, or you just know of Robert Woods pretty well, he's one of the number two throughout every stop of his football career. And that's exactly what he's switching to now. He's going from number 17, which is what he's worn with the Rams since he signed, back to his collegiate and I guess high school number of number two. Man, it's going to be so weird seeing a wide receiver running around in the NFL wearing number two. I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get used to that. I think it's going to look pretty cool. It's going to look dope. I think it's going to look kind of swaggy. I'm not going to lie. But man, it's going to be weird watching someone wear a single digit number lining up next to a tackle and blocking like that is just something that blows my mind. But along that wide receiver core, he's not the only one that's changing. New addition Deshaun Jackson. I think he's worn 10 pretty much for the course of his entire career, maybe 11 at some points. I can't remember. 
but he's the senior veteran here with the Rams now, and he's going back to his collegiate number of number one. And if number two is weird at wide receiver, I don't even know what number one is going to be. I mean, in my opinion, it's the cleanest number. That's, you know, right off the get-go, right off the rip. Number one, swaggy as hell, but my God, there's going to be a wide receiver core potentially out there with a guy wearing number one and number two. That is just blowing my mind. Now, this one is probably the weirdest one of them all. Cornerback Darius Williams going from number 31 to number 11. We're going to see a cornerback wearing Josh Reynolds' old number, number 11. I don't even know if I'm ever going to get used to that, to be quite honest with you. A corner wearing a wide receiver or quarterback number. I mean, Carson Wentz wears number 11, and now we're going to have cornerbacks wearing number 11. How the hell did we even get to this spot? That is one I don't know if I love, to be quite honest with you. I got to see it. I'm probably never really going to get used to it, but it's the new dawn and the new age of the NFL, I guess. And, you know, he's not the only secondary member to change it either. Safety Jordan Fuller going back to his collegiate number of number four as well. And I love that, to be honest with you. I think that's going to look dope. It's going to look weird, I'll tell you that much, seeing a safety wear number four, but... I love that number, to be honest with you. And, you know, since Deshaun Jackson did take number one, that means Matt Gay, the kicker, had to change numbers. And he went from number one to number eight. Kind of inconsequential. Not a big deal there. I don't even think anyone's going to notice, to be quite honest with you. But, you know, number eight on a kicker, that's fine. Seems like a quarterback number anyway. Now, David Long, slot corner, changing his number from, I believe it was 25, to also another collegiate guy, you know, going back to his number, number 22. And he wore that at Michigan I like that. It's a traditional cornerback number. Troy Hill obviously wore number 22 for the Rams last season, and he's gone now. So, hey, maybe 22 is a little bit of good luck. And so hopefully David Long can, you know, take over some of that Troy Hill magic that he brought to the Rams last season. The last veteran number change is Traven Howard, the inside linebacker who was going to start for the Rams last season, but didn't due to a season-ending injury. He's also switching to his collegiate number, number 32. He wore that at TCU. If you guys recall, Jordan Fuller, the rookie safety, wore that last season, but he changed to four, and so 32 is available, and now Traven Howard, the linebacker, is going to wear 32. Kind of a little bit weird. Seems like a safety number, but you know that one's not too shabby, I guess. Not going to take too much of a adjustment period, in my opinion. Now, Looking at the rookie class, we'll break these guys down a little bit quicker. I think for the most part, they're all pretty traditional. Now, Tutu Awo, wide receiver, going with number 15. Don't love the number, but it is normal, so not really going to take much of an adjustment in my opinion. Ernest Jones, the linebacker, number 50. A nice classic number for a linebacker. Bobby Brown the third, defensive tackle, number 95. That one just seems fitting. Robert Rochelle, the cornerback. Taking Darius Williams's old number of 31, I like that one. Jacob Harris, tight end, number 87, taking that number. That is a classic tight end number. You love to see it. Ernest Brown, defensive lineman, number 90. Again, classic, nothing out of the way there. Jake Funk, running back, number 34. Another classic number for a running back. Ben Skoranek, wide receiver, number 81. Can't complain there. And for the record, the Rams really need to stop giving out that number 81 to anyone because I feel like it's just getting disrespectful at this point to Torrey Holt. I mean, you gave it to Gerald Everett. You gave it to random players for so many years after Torrey Holt prior to who was maybe the best to wear it in a long time, Gerald Everett. And now you're giving it to a seventh round pick who might not ever even play wide receiver. I don't know. Just doesn't sit well with me. I don't like it. If you don't want to retire it, okay, that's fine. But I think they should be much, much more selective with who they hand that number out to. Now, 
the last guy in the draft class, Chris Garrett, linebacker, the edge rusher, number 48. That is also a classic edge rusher number. You've seen Bud Dupree of the Pittsburgh Steelers wear number 48 for a couple of years. So the draft class, all normal numbers, no getting used to there. Some of the veterans, though, going to take a lot of getting used to, in my opinion. I know a lot of people are not going to like this rule, this adjustment, seeing wide receivers wear you know, number one, number two, number three, number five, and then corners wearing two, six, eight, you know, nine, whatever the case may be. Linebackers may be wearing number 10. I mean, it's very weird. It's strange. I think it's fun. You know, it's obviously a little bit of a adjustment for old timers who have been watching the NFL for a long time, but obviously colleges allow these guys to have a lot more flexibility. And so, you know, at the end of the day, the NFL likes to innovate. They like to kind of go in different directions and that's just following this trend once again. I think, you know, eight weeks into the season, 12 weeks into the season, at the end of the season, we're all going to get used to it. We're all going to forget that guys couldn't even wear these numbers like the same way, you know, extra points were moved back from the two yard line to the 15 or wherever they're at now. You know, that was weird to me as well. And now it's just like secondhand nature. So the NFL likes to change things. This is one of the things they changed. I'm sharing the info with you guys. I'm sure a lot of you guys are now interested in certain jerseys and certain purchases. Maybe upset that you purchased another player's jersey who just changed or something like that. That would be super unfortunate. So if that happened to you, I'm sorry. But um, it's just the name of the game. I bought a Chris Long jersey many years ago, number 72. And he changed his number like four weeks later to number 91. And I told him about it on the podcast where I hosted him. And we had a good giggle about it. But anyways, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. I've mentioned it. Make sure to check back tomorrow. We're going to host our fan mail Friday episode of the Locked on Rams pod. So make sure to shoot over some questions to me. You can find me at QB's MVP and the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.